When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. If there was ever any doubt whether Patrick Mahomes was going to get the go on Sunday, there is no doubt anymore. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's that simple. Give him a follow on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can give me a follow as well at Amber W Sports. So Patrick Mahomes had his press conference today. We are, of course, still days away from that AFC championship game, but he was not limping, Joe. He was not walking funny. There was no walking boot. There was no tape on his ankle that we saw. There was nothing that would indicate that he is, in fact, hurt. And that is what Chiefs fans were waiting to see, right? We did the entire Zapruder film breakdown on Daily Wager, ESPN2, weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern, shameless pug, boom, that's how we do it. Shameless pug. Shameless plug. Also, shameless plug. Yeah, that's going to end up You could have probably honestly glossed over that one, and James might not have noticed, but now he's going to isolate it, and it will be our next show's rejoin. Yep, we got the show lead there. What did you say there, there. Notre Dame? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We broke this thing down, watching him step off the dais using the left ankle rather than the right ankle. Watching the film, everyone saying he looks so good, yet moving slower than the iceberg that hit the Titanic. Mm -hmm. And all we do is react. See, this is what's awesome about the NFL, the fact that we're breaking this down every single day. I'll tell you this, here in Las Vegas, those actions got people excited. Chiefs money hit the market today. If you recall, we talked about it yesterday. The Bengals had gotten as high as a two and a half point favorite for this game, trickled down to one and a half last evening, and then today it is now down to a pick'em. So we currently have a true pick'em at Caesars Palace right now. You just picked the winner of this game. So the Chief money has been hitting the market. So Patrick Mahomes looked okay. Like Joe said, I mean, good might be overstating it. The man was standing at a podium for a press conference. He wasn't out there evading a pass rush on a field. Like, what are we talking about? It wasn't Iwo Jima. I mean, it was, you know, it was the divisional round and he got banged up a little bit. Right. Uh, But people were so excited to see him stand and, you know, walk, uh, albeit very, very slowly. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback, he was, of course, asked during that press conference, how's the ankle? It's doing good. You know, I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at. But uh, it's feeling good so far. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces. Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So he said good, Joe. He emphatically said it's feeling good. Not it's feeling okay. Not sure I'm, you know, I'm going to give it a go, but it's feeling good. I remember being at the Super Bowl. It was in Miami. I want to say it was 2010. It was the year that the Saints beat the Colts. And one of the big storylines that week was Dwight Freeney, the Colt pass rusher. He had an ankle injury. And when he was up at the podium on media day, people were trying to like get around the side to take pictures of the ankle to see if there was anything on the ankle because it was such a big story leading into the game. That's what we're doing here. I mean, first of all, what are we expecting to say? Oh, man, it's, it's really killing me. I don't know if I can go this weekend. 
I mean, that's what I would do. I would try to lure the Bengals into a false sense of security, but that's me playing chess, whereas Mahomes here is just playing checkers. In addition to that, the Chiefs had him as a full participant in practice on the injury report. Now, it's Wednesday. This game is Sunday. If this were any other game in the history of the world, minus the Super Bowl, he's probably not practicing or he's very limited. So I think the Chiefs are kind of going out of their way right now to push the narrative that, hey, man, everything's good. We're fine. Don't worry about us. He's ready to go. When in fact, let's be honest, it was a high ankle sprain. He's not going to be 100% this weekend. I mean, where do you think he is right now? Like, it's, it's hard to tell, but 50 50, 75 20, 5? Before I blew that one. to tell, but come on, there's zero chance that he is the same old Patrick Mahomes. Zero chance. I mean, okay, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know how extreme this sprain is, right? I don't really know the difference. I've only had. Uh, a low ankle sprain, so to speak. I guess I've never had a high ankle sprain, so I can't relate to that. But I sprained my ankle sprained, like in air quotes, my ankle so bad once that I ripped, I, I literally ripped all my ligaments in it. So, you know, I'm going to need a follow up. I'm going to need more details. What, what were uh-huh. you doing? Well, you know, I was walking into my garage gym uh, <laughs> and I stepped on something that I shouldn't have stepped on. I was not, in fact, working out yet. I was, again, I was walking into my garage gym and I stepped on something, rolled my ankle, went down like a bag of bricks. Uh, James, and- what were the odds that the story was anything other than something like that? Like, what were the odds it was like, oh, I was in a women's lacrosse league. It was really intense. <laughs> like, what were the odds of that? I- I'm not the gambling guy here, Joey. I think we, we had to ask you what the odds You'll were. You'll be there I- soon enough. I've done that, though. I-, I-, I roll my ankle, like, walking to the car half the time. I don't know. See? Thanks, James. I riddle, feel a little bit better about myself. I'm, I'm, now, I'm yes, close to 40. It, it now, I don't know. Exactly. It can happen. You know, it can happen to the best of us. And, and it happened to me. And I ripped my ligaments and I could not walk on it. I was in a walking boot for weeks. I mean, it was not like a small thing. There ain't no chance I could have gotten out there and evaded a pass rush or done I was going to say, so how did you handle the AFC athletic. championship game that week? Right. Well, it was difficult. The, you know, they, they shot me up with some stuff. I got out there. I kept it moving. So I, I have a hard time relating to Patrick Mahomes' situation, but my only reference is it can hurt like heck. And yeah. I don't know, with a high ankle sprain, now I'm guessing he didn't rip anything. This is probably not what a grade four, grade is it a grade one though? Whatever that how, you know, I'm no orthopedic out here. So I don't know what to make of this. All I know, Joe, is there's no way you're going to convince me that he is going to be 100%. I'm not saying that he's going to lose because of it, but he's not going to be 100% a week later. I mean, that Bengals defensive line is going to be going for that ankle. Like, you know it. You know they're going right for that ankle. Bodies are going to be on the ground at every turn. The thing, Part of what makes Mahomes so great, and there's a reason why Kansas City, I believe, was the best third-down team in the NFL this year. Don't quote me on that, but it's close. Is because of his ability to extend the play. The pocket breaks down. He steps up. He slides right. He goes backwards. He goes sideways. And then he makes these miraculous sidearm throws that are just dimes. Absolute dimes. That's his thing. But if you're not able to do that, you become a very different player on third down, second down, and first down. I mean, he ran for 358 yards and four touchdowns this year. If you can't contribute that, they don't have to worry worry about you breaking containment and scrambling down the field. They can worry more about dropping in the coverage. And keep in mind, his numbers against Cincinnati historically have not been very good. The Cincinnati Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator has done a really nice job of limiting him. I'm not going to say shutting him down, but limiting him in the passing game when he has been healthy. Yeah, I mean, he already can't beat this team when he is healthy, when this team has right. Joe Burrow, right? And so that's certainly an issue here if we're now talking about him not being fully healthy. But he did do everything today at his press conference 
to give the appearance that he is, in fact, fully healthy. And frankly, Joe, the conversation around it to me is a little bit stupid because what else was he going to do? Obviously, he was going to go out there and he was going to say his ankle's fine, that his ankle's good, and he's going to do everything he could. If he was in immense pain, like level 10 pain, you were still going to find a way in that moment to somehow grit and bear it and not show the cameras that you were in that level of pain. That's just the I, reality of it. I, I got to be honest. I would have told everyone it hurts like hell. I would have really made a show. I would have been limping all over the place because <laughs> then you'd have someone like me on radio going, I think he's slow rolling us. I think he's slow rolling us. We got to drop six guys into coverage. He's going to be throwing it all over the place. That's what I would have done. But that's why I'm here and he's there probably. Uh, it might have a little something to do with it. There might be a few other reasons as well. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, was Micah Parsons throwing shade at Dak Prescott on Twitter today? We're going to get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Join the conversation here on Joe and Amber, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. One of our favorite things to do here on Joe and Amber is try to earn you some money. And everybody needs extra money. Joe likes to give some advice, help you earn a little pizza money. Okay. You're not going to wager the house, but you're going to wager a little cash. Maybe earn yourself some extra pizza money. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Nice little run so far this week. Two and one last night, two and one Monday, four and two on the week. Let's keep it cooking. 
going to the association. This game tips off in about 15 minutes. It's the Sixers. It's the Brooklyn Nets. We're going under 225 total points. The Nets have been a mess on offense since the Kevin Durant injury. Prior to the injury, fifth in the league in offensive efficiency since 28th. Prior to the injury, first in both true shooting percentage and first in effective field goal percentage since 18th and 15th. You don't need me to go through any more advanced analytics to let you know that this offense has completely fallen off without one of the greatest shooters of all time. You couple that with the fact that Philadelphia is rested. They haven't played since Saturday. They rank third in points allowed and fourth in defensive efficiency. And I think we're going to see a lower scoring game tonight. So pizza money number one, Sixers, Nets, under 225 total points. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Kansas City. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about us. We don't care who's favorite, who's not. It's just the disrespect they gave us, you know what I'm saying? We don't really care how they treat us and how they going to do us. The window's my whole career. The window is my whole career. I like that. Great line there. Maybe not such a great line from Mark, from Micah Parsons on Twitter today, though, because something that Parsons tweeted out has the whole world wondering if he's taking a shot at his own teammate. Let's start with what Brandon Bean, the Bills general manager, said at his press conference on the 24th. Here was Brandon Bean. No, they have a good team. I mean, they right now are on the advantage of a rookie quarterback contract. They had some lean years without getting too much into their build. I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. Like, he's a heck of a talent. I'd love to have him, but you gotta, you got to go through some lean years to do that. You know, they were able to get Burrow one. I don't remember where Chase was drafted, but it was pretty high. Like, and those guys are on their rookie deals. We're paying Stefan Diggs a pretty hefty number. We're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number. So there is the constraints of the cap. They have a really good team. they got some good young players So that's Brandon Mean, obviously, talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and alluding to the fact that this is a salary cap sport, and if you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, it's wildly helpful also when you have your favorite weapon, his favorite weapon, rather, on a rookie contract as well. And so that's just the reality of the way that it works in the NFL, Joe. Josh Allen's no longer on a rookie contract. Joe Burrow's about to not be any longer on a rookie contract. He's probably going to get that extension after this season, and then things will get more difficult for Cincinnati moving forward. But right now, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, it's easy to finagle it all under the cap. And then also they went through the rough years, and that's how they were able to draft those guys. That's not really anything controversial, right? That being said, I feel like it's just explaining how it works in the NFL. I think people are latching onto this a little bit. They're calling it sour grapes, but he's giving you a legitimate answer. Like you're able to build a really good football team if A, you can identify quality personnel and B, you have the money to spend on said personnel because you're not overpaying at the quarterback position. You know, Buffalo, before Bean got, before Bean, before Buffalo was even in this situation, like they stunk. And they got Josh Allen, and they had plenty of money to make the trade and then bring in and pay Stephon Diggs. So they know what it's like. Bad teams go through this, they stockpile picks, and if they do it the right way, they're in a position to make plays. So no, I don't read into it too much at all. I mean, that's just the state of the business right now. You you know how they got uh, Steph Diggs? A trade with Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. You know what that you know what that uh, number one uh, uh, that first round draft pick got the Vikings. I believe it was Justin Jefferson. I mean, they could have had their Jamar Chase on a rookie deal, right? I mean, they they most certainly could have. They most so, certainly could have. Um, I think, by the way, the Vikings—that's an all-time switchola right there. D- 
Diggs was not getting along with Cousins. They dump him. Right. They get a pick. They bring in Jefferson. Like, that is an all-time switchola. I mean, it worked out pretty well with Stephon yeah. Diggs, obviously, in a Bills uniform. But the reality is, I don't think that he be, being saying anything here that isn't true. It is easier when your quarterback's on a rookie deal, and it is easier to stack talent when you have – multiple key pieces on your offense on rookie deals. It's just the reality of a salary cap sport. He also said, I don't want to suck bad enough to get a Jamar Chase. And a lot of people went back at him for saying that because they did suck bad enough for them to draft Josh Allen or to James's point, they could have drafted Justin Jefferson. But I also don't uh, criticize a general manager for being done with those years, right? For being done with those years. Like there is something to be said about being in the mix in the AFC. Even if we feel like the bills are falling short now based on where expectations are, I think as a general manager, if you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the sellout crowds, you're looking at the television numbers, you're looking at your revenue, you're looking at your products that are being bought, you're looking at everything working. It's probably all working a lot better when you're giving your fans something to cheer about, frankly. So I don't really criticize being for not wanting to go through those years again to try to draft higher in the draft, which a lot of teams obviously have to go through. But that's what being said. And people were reacting to it. So it was all all over the internet. It was out there. There was clips everywhere. Well, Micah Parsons, he decides to retweet a clip of what you just heard from Brandon Bean. But what was interesting is what Micah Parsons wrote. He wrote, besides Mahomes, Every team in the final four quarterback is on a rookie deal and surrounded by talent. Hmm. Interesting take. (laughs) I love this. I love this because you can find a way to say that low key Parsons is throwing shade as the kids would say at Dak Prescott. At this point, the only person not throwing shade at Prescott is Prescott. Prescott needs to just do one of two things. Well, no, Prescott threw shade at Prescott. Because he came out, remember, he was like, oh, the onus is all on me. It's why the Dallas Cowboys Twitter account tweeted out the thing that everyone freaked out about. Not enough. He needs to throw more shade at himself. If he came <laughs> out and he, he needs to start subtweeting and doing things like this to, to, to really get it going. Or he has option two. Like Kingsbury, he needs to buy a one-way ticket to Thailand and just go hang out in another part of the world and leave all this behind. But you can't just sit around and let people do this to you. This is fantastic, but this is what happens apparently when their own Twitter account is allowed to run wild. If the Dallas Cowboy Twitter account can take a shot at Prescott, why can't Micah Parsons? So I don't know. Do you think he was taking a shot? Do you think this was directed at that? Prescott now Micah Parsons has come out and said that it's not and that everybody needs to you know calm down that he wasn't taking a shot obviously I'm I'm eating healthy all 2023 that's what I'm doing it's obviously what he's going to say but here's the thing about the shot right is I don't really think it's a shot at Dak Prescott because what is Micah suggesting that Dak shouldn't have taken money I mean I don't think like no one is expecting Dak Prescott not to have gotten paid at this point in his career. Now, did you want him to take a little bit of a discount, I guess, to maybe pay some more pieces? But, I mean, that's not what any of these other quarterbacks are about to do, and it certainly ain't what Patrick Mahomes did, who is in this Final Four. So I don't really know if he's taking a shot, because what is the shot? Other than the recognition, hey, these teams are better, the formula works best if you're quarterbacks on a rookie deal but the reality is Dak ain't on a rookie deal and like there's no scenario where Dak's going to be on a rookie deal at this point so I don't really know how it's a shot so much at Dak you know I think it might be him saying that implying look if you're gonna if, if you're not on the rookie deal and you're gonna spend that much money on the quarterback he basically better be able to play like Mahomes in order to get you there because Prescott can't play like Mahomes he never has never will 
So maybe that's what the implication is. It's that look at all these teams. They're able to spend elsewhere. They have good, balanced football teams, which they all do. Or there's a high-priced quarterback who just so happens to be so awesome he can carry his team every single season deep into the playoffs. I mean, this is five straight AFC championships for the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe that's what it is. Or maybe he's just preparing for down the road getting into sports commentary and <laughs> he's just agreeing. He's, he's, I think, he's just making a point and has nothing to do with his own team. I think the fact that he pointed out those three teams, though, because he basically brushes off the Mahomes conversation. He's basically like, except for Kansas City, this is the formula that works. And so I feel like the emphasis is on those other three teams, not on Kansas City. And because of that, I feel like he's just sort of pointing out the reality of what works and what makes things easier in the NFL, which is exactly what Brandon Bean was doing as well. I'm not sure it's really a shot at Dak because nobody would expect Dak to have taken some sort of insane discount so that the Cowboys could pay other pieces. What do you think of that, Joe? <laughs> Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's now or never here on Joe and Amber. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And it is now or never time to do one of our favorite segments here on Joe and Amber. Sound on, sound off. Let's go. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they have beaten the Chiefs three times in a row. They will be going for four in a row on Sunday in the AFC Championship, but Joe Burrow still thinks the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. Here's the Bengals quarterback. We've been in these spots. Um, we have the experience. We know what team we're playing. The team that's been to this, this game the last five seasons, and they've all been in that stadium. So to me, they're still the team to beat. And then we're coming for them, but we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. 
So let's bring in our producer, James Steele, for some help with this segment. What do you have for us, James? Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, so is Joe Burrow right? Are the Chiefs still the team to beat in the AFC? Joe? 100%. 100% he's right. It's not gamesmanship. It's not him trying to get in anyone's head. It's not him trying to be humbled. The Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. They are hosting this game. They are the one seed. This season, they had the better year. That's number one. Number two, you can love Burrow as much as you want. I do, but Patrick Mahomes, he's got an MVP award. All right? They've been in the AFC Championship game five years in a row. They've been to two Super Bowls. They've won one. The Bengals won the AFC last year. They lost the Super Bowl. They're a great story. Buffalo's a great story. A lot of good teams in the AFC, but the Chiefs are the team to beat. That conference is their conference until someone can put together a resume that's better than theirs. I full, fully agree with everything that Fortinbaugh just said there. Because it, it's the reality is that, yes, the Bengals have had a nice little run. They surprised us all last season. It's a nice story that they've beaten this Chiefs team three times it doesn't really matter we make this huge deal out of oh three times in a row I mean hopefully we're going to see this matchup between these two 30 times you know and I would imagine that the Bengals aren't going to win them all it's the Chiefs that have the resume it's the Chiefs that keep finding themselves in this AFC championship situation over and over and over and over again and oh by the way it's the Chiefs that have the rings and so until somebody else does that they are absolutely the team to beat in the AFC yeah, usually there isn't a right answer to those questions but that was the that's the right answer for you guys <laughs> yeah, you're a Chiefs well, fan. take it easy by the way did you see that video that I Steel. sent you guys like I don't know that ankle looks pretty good I think we're we're downplaying a little bit. Yes, it's like we did. walking around. Like he's, what, did we expect him to walking. show up without skipping. legs? Skipping and running. Uh, he's there walking. Are, he's like stretching. He's like doing the little skips. stretchy walk thing. Skips. It's, it's, you know, it's not that impressive. The there were some skips. To right, overreact you know to that video, it, 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 it shows what were you thinking he was going to look like? Did you think he was showing up like without the lower half of his body? It's like, oh my God, I thought he, he was going to show up just waist up. It turns out he's got legs. Can you believe it? Bet the Chiefs. So there we is a video. There is a video on the internet right now. Patrick Mahomes is on a football field and he is doing warm ups, quite literally getting warm because there's very little movement. He's kicking his legs in the air. Then at the end of the video, and this is what has James just so excited. He skips like three times. Then he starts jogging. But I will say, like, the jog is, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm, always, I'm using the term always, jogging loosely. Like, a snail could outrun. He has a weird little gait to him when he runs anyway. I don't, well, I don't so then that's the thing. That. He doesn't actually look that great when he's jogging. I got to be honest with you. But no. also, I don't know if that's just how Patrick Mahomes looks when he jogs incredibly slow. It's true. Yeah. Tell yourself whatever you want, James. He's got a high ankle sprain. It can't be perfect news He's for Wolverine. the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Wolverine. You know what's not perfect news here on Joe and Amber is that we haven't talked about Aaron Rodgers yet today. We're like, what, 36 minutes into the show and we have yet to mention old Aaron Rodgers. So New here record. it is. Here's Stephen A. Smith from First Take today telling us what Rodgers would make, if, if what team Rodgers would make an immediate Super Bowl contender if he is traded from the Green Bay Packers. If Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, they, they could win it all. They, they, they could win it all. If Aaron Rodgers, with that defense, if he went to the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers in the AFC, against Holmes, against Mahomes, against Burrow, against Josh Allen, against Tua Tungavaloa, I'm telling you right now, Jets got a chance now. I ain't saying that I'd pick them. They got a chance. They're in the mix. We've watched the Jets, and we've lamented all year long one thing. 
and one thing only, their quarterback. We didn't say another negative word about the New York Jets all year long other than their quarterback. Uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Tua. One of those things is not like the other. I'm sorry, Amber. Uh, oh, so excuse me. If, <laughs> if, if Aaron Rodgers... unnecessary shot, by the way. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an I was observation. just nice about your Chiefs. I just said they were the team to beat in the AFC. I take it back. Cincinnati right. is. <laughs> All right. So if the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are quarterback... Are they a Super Bowl contender? No, because they would have to get through the Dolphins twice a year, and obviously they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, No, I, you know, I think it's funny though because the references, and it's not just Stephen A. Smith. I've heard do this. The reference is if they have Aaron Rodgers with that defense. Like everyone keeps saying that. I'm like, he doesn't play defense. Like, what are we doing? What? Like, let's talk about what he has around him on offense on that team. Is it enough? It's never. It hasn't been enough in Green Bay over and over and over and over and over again. It hasn't been enough in what. 12 years was when they won their Super Bowl. I have that right. 13 years ago. I don't have it in front of me. But, I mean, it's been over a decade since Aaron Rodgers was able to win that Super Bowl. It hasn't been enough there. Why do we think it's all of a sudden enough on a very young New York Jets team? Again, he doesn't play defense. That defense is phenomenal, but he plays offense. We have to consider those weapons, Joe. And, yes, you do have to consider the fact that the Bills do sit in that division. Is Aaron Rodgers on the New York Jets make that team automatically better than the Buffalo Bills? Who? They're they're in the conversation. They really are because you've got Garrett Wilson, who was a fantastic rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State. C.J. Ozama at tight end. Brees Hall at running back. He got injured late in the season. You have to address some issues on the offensive line, Mm -hmm. but Rodgers has dealt with media scrutiny before, so going to New York's not going to be an issue. The weather's not going to be an issue. They'd be good, but I got to – Full disclosure, it's hard for me to disagree with anything Stephen A. Smith's saying these days, man. On this book tour, have you seen these suits? His suit game, I didn't think it was possible that he could find another level. He has found another level. My sole mission in life right now is to find out who his tailor is because he looks incredible. Absolutely incredible. Are you just sucking up because of all your first take appearances here, Joe? Weekly on first take, this guy. I mean, it really sounds like it, which I mean... I'm kind of with you because I also enjoy being on first take. So, I mean, I'll suck up to whomever to get more of that. That's fine. But it, it feels a little bit like that's what you're doing. If you want to mention the fact that I'm on first take every Thursday at 1130 a.m. Eastern, spitting knowledge, giving out winners, you can go ahead and bring that up. I'm there not going to do that. I am just going to compliment a wonderful suit when I see it. And that man wears a wonderful suit. Also, his take on the Jets pretty accurate, but he should go to the Ravens. You go to the Ravens, you have your best chance to He's win. The Ravens, the Ravens should move on from Lamar. They should bring in Aaron Rodgers. He's also not going to the Jets. I mean, honestly, it would be the most ridiculous story. Like, I, how ridiculous is it that he spent his entire early career career saying he doesn't want to do anything like Brett Favre and then he would quite literally do everything everything so awesome like so Brett awesome. Favre. that would be the most bizarre turn of events I could ever imagine <laughs> speaking of Aaron Rodgers Joe told us yesterday that he'd love to see Aaron Rodgers as you just heard play for the Baltimore Ravens and that would mean Lamar Jackson would be playing for well someone else here's Chris Ganty on why Atlanta could be that place Something about that just feels right. And the other part about this is this. We can't discount how Lamar feels about how Eric DaCosta has handled this. Eric DaCosta negotiated like he Nino Brown from New Jack City, saying it's, it's not personal, it's just business, B. But Lamar Jackson clearly is taking this very personal if you look at it on his social well, media that, tweets. Yeah. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it just feels like even if Baltimore comes to the table with the money that Lamar is looking for, he might have already made his decision. 
Here's what I here's oh go go ahead. No, yeah. Ahead, so James. Joe, you even you even uh, you even kind of alluded to this last night during your list. You mentioned Lamar and the Falcons. So what do you think, Lamar, the Falcons? That a good. Well, match? there's an element to this conversation that I don't think I'm qualified to talk about based on what was being mentioned uh, throughout that discussion. I mean, we were all picking up what what. Canty was putting down. We know why Canty was saying it just feels right. I guess. You know what I think is interesting about that, though? Because don't forget, Atlanta was, it seemed like the destination for Deshaun Watson, the destination in terms of where Watson wanted to go. And also, it seemed like they really wanted him, right? This whole negotiating issue with the Ravens seems to have come down to, and we don't really know again, but it's been rumored that he wants something upwards of Deshaun Watson type of guaranteed money. Well, Atlanta wasn't willing to do that even with Deshaun Watson. Like they wanted Deshaun Watson. Watson wanted to go there. And when the Browns came out of left field with 250 guaranteed, Atlanta threw up their hands and waved the white flag. And so are they going to be able to reach a deal with Lamar? That's what I think is interesting about this conversation because it extends beyond Baltimore. Like we can all sit here and be like, well, the Ravens should pay Lamar. Lamar, whatever he's asking for. The reality is, I don't know if anybody else in the league is also going to be willing to pay Lamar if, in fact, that is what he's asking for. Is that guaranteed for a quarterback that does risk injury, Joe? Don't discount a desperate team, a desperate front office, a desperate coaching staff. Atlanta has $54.8 million available under the cap right now, second most in the NFL to the Chicago Bears. They need a quarterback. They've got a division that you can get after. No dominant team in the NFC South right now. And Arthur Smith has been there two years, and it's not going well. Arthur Smith is a very smart offensive mind when it comes to running the ball. He's one of the guys out there that could design the right offense to highlight Lamar Jackson's skill set. I see what Candy's getting at there. He's sniffing up the right tree. Atlanta should absolutely be in play if there's a chance. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh with you. Are we going to see the NBA put a stop to -to back-to-back games? We're going to get into load management in the NBA and the problems that it is causing this season. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Does the NBA need to make some changes based on how athletes protect their bodies these days? This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So we know about load management in the NBA. Certainly nothing new, but it's becoming more and more prevalent, or maybe it just feels that way, Joe. There's more and more attention, and it's just really hampering the fan experience because these fans, they pay all this money. They go, they show up to watch their team, to support their team. Maybe the team that's coming through their town might be the only time in a season that they have that opportunity. Maybe they're saving up their hard-earned money and this is the only game they can afford to go to. And there's an expectation that you're going to get that opportunity in life to witness in person certain players. Even if you're watching the product on television, there's this expectation you're, you're going to see 
whoever you want to see play the game. And that's just not the case night in and night out in the NBA. Tonight, for example, the Nuggets injury report. Nikola Jokic, questionable hamstring tightness. Jamal Murray, questionable left knee management. KCP, questionable right wrist sprain. Bones Highland, questionable. MPJ, questionable. Like, everybody is out on that team. And if you're a fan of that team, what the heck are you showing up to watch, Joe? Well, the bummer about this is that this game was supposed to feature the only dudes who have won MVP since 2019 in Jokic and Giannis. Mm -hmm. And Denver's playing their fourth game in six nights, second half of a back-to-back after being in New Orleans last night. They decided they're going to rest. They're not going to put their guys at risk. The Warriors just did this at the end of a big road trip to the East Coast last week when they rested everybody in Cleveland. This is the byproduct of efficiency. All right, that's exactly what this is. It's the byproduct of efficiency. Teams are trying to be efficient in terms of how many games they win. And they're not just thinking regular season, they're thinking postseason. They don't want their guys playing 80, 82 games. Risk of injury, risk of wearing down, breaking down, and then you get to the playoffs and you're out of gas. It's also about player efficiency. I need to maximize my earning potential. I can't afford to play all these games, break down, and suffer injuries. The longer I can stay healthy, the more money I can make. Excuse me. Same thing in baseball, all right? The shift. Everyone gets upset about the shift, but it's better for the defense. Um, Everyone gets upset that we're pulling starters who've got perfect games going in the seventh inning because they're at 85 pitches. The data shows third, fourth trip through the lineup, you're more likely to get a hit. You're more likely to blow the guy up. So the analytics and the efficiency are pointing to getting those guys out of the games. Nobody steals anymore. Batting's all about the three true outcomes. The home run, the strikeout, or the walk. Nobody cares about a double. Nobody cares about hitting for a single like Tony Gwynn used to do over and over and over. Teams and players are trying to become more efficient, and the byproduct of that is less is more. Less is more when it comes to player health. Less is more when it comes to a long season that has many pitfalls in terms of injuries and management. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. That's what you'd think, Joe, is that less would be more. But Stan Van Gundy recently pointed out on Twitter, and I know Kevin Durant ended up chiming in as well, where he had a tweet. I don't have it in front of me, but he alluded to the fact that in today's NBA, you have players rest more than ever before. You have huge medical staffs. We know more about how to protect these bodies than we've ever known. There's entire staffs of people that are dedicated to doing just that. It's quite literally their job, nutritionists, trainers, everybody those guys have available to them, and yet there's more injuries today than ever before and so certainly we could talk I think about length of career I'm not sure Van Gundy realized or you know recognized that because I do think that you could talk about hey look at the level the clip that LeBron James is still playing at in his late 30s that's not something that we used to see certainly not with the kind of player and how he's built in the former NBA but there is something to be said it's not like they're avoiding injury completely with doing this load management I I do think that that's a bit of a misnomer and I thought it was interesting that Kevin Durant had chimed into that conversation and Kevin Durant had recognized it yeah, and it's not that Durant's wrong. It's not that Van Gundy's gone. I, I I, think more of it's just reported. I think in the 90s, if your hammy was tight, your hammy was tight. You were going to play. If your calf was tight, if your foot was sore, if your neck was ailing a little bit, you didn't need to report the injury. You just went out and you played. Now, everything's reported. Everything's diagnosed. If you have a little tender feeling in your bicep, eh, we're playing the magic tonight. Big deal. Take the night off. They didn't do that in the 90s. So injuries are up only because we're reporting more and we're diagnosing more. I don't think guys back then were getting hurt 
less than they are now. I think we're just reporting more of it than we ever have before. This is some all-star producing because I'm throwing stuff at James. He's just throwing it up on the screen for me. I now have the Stan Van Gundy tweet. He wrote, 90s NBA teams had just a train at our strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. Teams now have huge medical and performance staffs and value rest over practice, yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something is not working. I agree with you. Some of that is by choice, where you tweak something a little bit. You would have played through it in the 90s. You're not playing through it today. Some of that as well might be what we're talking about with a caliber of athlete and different bodybuilds. And these guys are so much more, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, right? And so they also might wear down more, they might tweak things more, they might harm each other more because of what the competition's like out there. Not given the game's changed and the game is arguably less physical than it was back then in the 90s, I guess would be the counter argument to that. But for whatever reason, there are a lot of players missing a lot of time. And what I thought was interesting was you said they don't want to play 82 which is fine except for that's not what they do when they go negotiate the cba as the players association they want to get paid for 82 they don't negotiate down those games either right i mean they want to get paid for 82 and then load manage their way through the season and that feels like the thing that's so unfair to the consumer of the product like either give us less games or get out there but the players themselves seem to want to be paid for every single game out there, but the stars, the stars who are making the big bucks don't care as much. So it's those guys that are willing to sit out and load manage, but it's also those guys that your product is dependent on because that's what the fan is showing up to the arena to watch. That's the reality of it. They're not showing up to the arena to watch the 15th guy on the bench who sure is going to show up for any game time that he gets offered. They're showing up to the arena to watch the LeBron James and the Giannis's and the Jokic's of the world. I mean, Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors, suggested he wants to go to a 72-game season. It'll never happen. The league's not going to give up money. Players would love a 150-game season. Why not? Pay me for 150 games yeah, and I'm only going to play 70. Neither up the money. What's that? It, it, neither side's giving up the money. No. And so here's what you could do. You could extend the season and give yourself more time in between games. The problem then is that the league is going to get into that perilous territory where they start moving into July and everybody goes on vacation and then the ratings are going to be down for the NBA finals. So I don't know what the problem is or I don't know what the solution is, but I know the problem, player empowerment, uh, efficiency, all these things, the players do what they want now. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't see any way they're going to fix this anytime soon. I think the only thing that moves the needle is when the NBA starts really realizing that they're willing that they are losing money anyways even with the 82 they're losing money because the product itself is taking a hit because none of the stars are playing often enough and fans are getting frustrated if it moves the needle financially that's the only way that it's going to change joe and amber the podcast